From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Matt Klepak of Vertify. Matt, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. Matt, can you kick us off by telling me a bit about yourself as well as your company, who you guys are, what you're doing? Absolutely. So my background is the revenue side of the house. I kind of built my career, started in technology sales early on. And the reason I did that was because somebody much wiser than me said, hey, if you want to be a great marketer, learn how to sell and learn what salespeople need. So that's kind of where it started for me. So I did that for a few years, realized I'm not a salesman, but I learned a lot that kind of moved me into the marketing and operations side of the house. Built my career at some great companies, worked under some great leadership at the NBA, at CBRE, and then got back into technology and technology marketing specifically in the media tech space. And so selling multiple products across multiple territories, and regions to large enterprise MSO and broadcasters across the globe. So that kind of spawned, there's a challenge, there's a problem for revenue teams, right? There's a lot of this, these kind of legacy integration platform as, as a service companies out there that require a lot of heavy lifting and IT focused resources for people like me on the business side to be able to execute my strategies, my customer strategies, and my data strategies. And that was a problem for me and a lot of my colleagues. And so ultimately that led me to research. I found a company here in Austin that, that was a great company, a services-based business that had some underlying products and technologies and some fantastic relationships. Their founder and CEO was really good at that aspect, relationships, sales, building that stuff. And so Created a relationship with them and my co-founder, Wayne Lopez, and I, he was in Austin, I was in New York. And so we ended up taking that services business, buying that services business and turning it into a 100% ARR product focused business. And that, that problem was the extension of what I was facing, being able to take multiple CRMs and multiple marketing automation platforms and other support systems, all your revenue apps, right? All these cloud revenue apps and be able to connect them and orchestrate them in a multi-directional fashion and also maintain high data hygiene. So I can dedupe across regions and different systems and this high data quality and this high delivery of, of mission critical lead and customer data to the right people in the right regions when they need it and do it all without any IT involvement, all on the business side. So all drag and drop, everything like that. That's where it was born and that's what it came out. So I like to say we were no code before low code was cool, right? And so that's who we are and we're based here in Austin. That's where we launched the business and it's been a lot of fun and ultimately it's about the team. So it's a good place to be and we enjoy what we do. Amazing story. I love that. So Obviously, major success story. You guys are awesome. What advice do you have when it comes to growing a company, particularly for other CEOs out there, other entrepreneurs? What sort of tactics, strategies have you used to grow this company? There's a lot of great books out there that we can point people to. But um, I think that there's just no a shortcut around the people aspect, right? If you're building a business, you can have the best product, the best market opportunity, Timing can be perfect. If you don't have the right team to execute, it makes it very challenging, right? So you need to have the right people in your corner to be able to do just that. And then 
not only your team, but you need to have a good set of advisors, right? I was a first-time CEO walking into this and founder from that perspective. And, and advisors have been amazing for me. And I take a ton of advice on a daily basis. And then the second thing I would say, people, advisors, make mistakes, make them fast, learn from those mistakes. You're going to make them, right? Embrace them, learn from them and move quickly forward. I think those are a couple things. Don't be afraid to make those mistakes. You're going to make them and you need to make them. That's how innovation really takes off. So those are a couple things. Yeah, I love that. And I think the big theme I'm hearing is people. When it comes to advisors and the team and all this, how do you find the right people? How do you find the right advisors? How do you go about finding the right team? What's that look like for you? Relationships. I think you can't be in a position where you want to succeed and grow fast and build a great business unless you yourself as the leader of that company are willing to get out there and create relationships. You've got to get in your community. And that's one thing that Austin is great about, right? You can get in the community. The community wants to support you. And so that's been a big part of it. And so it was about early on for me building those relationships and really a new community for me. My community was New York City. And so I was able to build a new community here, meet some former founders, multi-time founders and successful CEOs that had a lot of failures, right? And that were willing to say, hey, learn from my mistakes. Don't step in the same potholes I stepped in. And here are those. Humble people, get out there. People are willing. You just have to be able to put yourself out there and let them know that you're vulnerable too, right? You don't know it all. That's important. So get out there, put yourself out there, go meet people, events that are local. I talk to the team about this all the time, right? Whether it's a sales conversation, a customer conversation, or just a personal coaching conversation, always ask for a referral to somebody else, right? Because we're always looking to grow. We're always looking to learn and we can learn from other people. I love that. That's amazing. So what are some of those big lessons learned as you built this company? I think you mentioned making mistakes and not being afraid to fail and all this. So any big major insights, lessons learned? Talk about mistakes. Let's just lean into that for a second. I've made my fair share and that's okay. We made an acquisition within the business back in 2020. Think about that, right? 30, 30 days prior to everything shutting down, we closed an acquisition of another company. And that turned into, in a lot of ways, a challenge for us that we had to turn into an opportunity. And there's a, so many different dynamics with that. And we don't have to get into the nuance of that specific thing. But turning that challenge into an opportunity um, and turning that into something a couple years down the road, that's been good for us. And if you create one good event from that one thing that might have 10 bad events that came out of it, that one good thing can propel you forward, right? I, I would say lean into that, look for the opportunities. And then the other thing is, look, we've built this business through a lot of global events. We're going through one now. We've got a banking industry. We've got things going on that, that really can negatively impact businesses like ours. But I think those are the opportunities. If you can innovate through those times and you can lean into those things and survive in a lot of ways, you can propel the business down the road. So in those moments of global events or whatever that you're going through from a business perspective, find the opportunities, lean into them, work with your advisors to find them, work with your team to find them, be transparent with your team about those things, and you'll come out a better company on the other side. Absolutely. I love that. Let's talk about LinkedIn content creation. Obviously, we're here creating some content. We're creating a podcast. How are you looking at that this year when it comes to how that stuff contributes to business growth? 
LinkedIn, it's a huge network for us, right? And we just actually, we were just celebrating, like little wins turn into big wins. That's what Wayne said earlier today, actually. Little wins turn into big wins. And we just crossed the 1000 follower mark on LinkedIn for our company profile. So that's a step in the right direction. And why is that important? Well, we put a lot of content out there. We have multiple content streams that we deliver information to. And LinkedIn is one of those where the latest stuff, you can find what we're talking about. And we're talking about our partnerships. We're talking about our customers. We're talking about thought leadership around what we solve. And that's important to everybody that we come across. And it's just the avenue. LinkedIn really is where most of our customers are spending time learning about us. And uh, and it's just a good thing. So I, I encourage everybody content. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah, I think content creation is so important these days when it comes to growing your company. It is. And for this purpose, specifically video content, it's important. People love videos. People love short, sweet information that that maybe they find one little soundbite from it. They're like, oh, it's interesting. I'll take that. I'll run with it. And once again, like that relationship thing, find, you see a video like this and you want to reach out to me, reach out and pass it along. It's so valuable. Every time I post a video, someone's always messaging me, hey, I've been thinking of you and we should catch up on this or that. So what's one of the most difficult challenges you've faced so far as CEO and how do you overcome it? I think earlier I talked briefly about making an acquisition. That was a challenge. So that was one of them. And we ran into some challenges. We learned a lot through that process during kind of 2020, which was a crazy year. So learning from that, overcoming that, doing what's right for the people and the teams that were involved in that um, and trying to make the right decisions and fold those in uh, into the company so that uh, we could excel and proceed forward was was a big deal. But another thing, just briefly, transitioning services businesses to product businesses. That's not that's not easy. Now I've had blueprints for that in the past, thankfully, something that I enjoy doing. And so that's another thing, right? Turning a service business and the service mindset business, transforming people's minds internally as to how you think about a SaaS-based model and a recurring-based model and how you have a customer-centric mindset around that product-based mind is really important. And that's something that we've succeeded on. That was a challenge early on, but we've really seen it through to this point. I love that. What's one thing you wish you had known when you first became CEO that you know now? Oh, man. You're going to stump me with that one. (laughs) I think the number one for me was vulnerability and not having all the answers and being okay with that. I think that's really important. Being able to sit back and say, hey, I don't know. I don't know. It took me a few years, frankly, to get to a point where I was comfortable taking a step back and saying, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Now, it doesn't stop there. You build the right team around and you can say, but I know who will have that answer. And you pull them in. Or we none of us have that answer. We're going to go find it. So that that is the number one thing, I think, for me around, hey, it's okay. It's okay to not have the answer all the time and take your time to figure it out and always search for the answer. Absolutely. Kind of related to that one, if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I think it would be that. If I could have learned that 15, 20 years ago, (laughs) I think it would help my career, right? So yeah, be vulnerable, be okay with not having all the answers and, and then also be slow to answer. I think that's very important. Even if you do have the answer, it's okay 
sometimes, sometimes you need to act quickly with the answer. And sometimes you need to take your time to deliver that answer. And you need to back that answer up with some other data, lean into the data and use that in a methodical manner. For sure. Can you describe a time when you had to pivot business strategy and what was your thought process? How did you approach it? How'd that go? We spent a couple of years building a product on the back end of what we were doing that was very analytics focused, very analytics, BI focused. We sit on all this data, all this customer data. So it's very natural to think that, hey, let's start to deliver answers, buyer's journey intelligence on that data. We marketed within our customer base and used them and gathered information and did a true product management here. And ultimately, we realized that A, the market problem is still really focused on data silos and organization of that data. And they're not yet ready for that predictive next best action intelligence around some of those buyer's journey things. So for us, it was, hey, let's pivot back to that core because that's what the market is telling us they still need. And let's just let's just continue to gather information around the other stuff. So it was less of a push and more of a, hey, now let's take a step. Let's focus on this. This is what our customers are, are telling us. And it really comes down to that. You got to listen. You got to listen to your customers. You got to listen to the market and really take that advice to heart. Absolutely. And as we wrap this up, what's one piece of advice you, that you'd offer to your industry as a whole? I'm not going to offer advice to my competitors at this moment because I have a little advice there, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say it's possible. Okay. So when I'm speaking directly to you, the revenue ops person, the marketing ops person, sales ops person, the person that is in charge of making sure data is optimized within your revenue stack, it's possible. You I guarantee you, if you're at an enterprise or mid-market, high-growth business, you've got silos. You've got these challenges. You've got data hygiene. You've got duplication issues. You've got these things that are a problem. And I don't care where you are at in your customer data journey. I don't care where you're at. Start there and, and then work methodically to just pass through one gate and then the next gate and then the next gate. That's what I would say. It's possible Talk to somebody like Vertify. There's others out there, but talk to somebody like Vertify and not just for the automation. We see this all the time. So let us help you put that strategy together, right? We come from a services side, a consulting side. Everything is a consultation. You have your own business processes and you need to be able to adapt an elastic automation platform and data solution to your business processes. And we certainly can help with that. So it's possible. I love it. Matt, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Much appreciated. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Absolutely.